Uh, how are you doing? My name is Paul Dwan. I'm Robbie Ryan. Robbie Ryan. I'm here to do the cues, and Robbie's going to do the I'm A's. The A's. <laughs> Oh dear. Uh, we're going to do it in unsubtitled German. <laughs> I learned so much more about Robbie Muller than I thought. <laughs> I learned a lot of German. So, or is it maybe Dutch? Uh, let me just start by asking you: Do you remember the first time you became aware of Robbie Muller's name, or uh, you know him as a cinematographer? I'm trying to remember that myself. I, I think maybe Breaking the Waves was a f- when I was in college. I watched that when it came out in the cinema. So, I know that's quite late on in his career. As, uh, as a, as a, it's one of his last sort of films in a way, but uh, I, that that one was the one that I saw first and got into him a bit after that. I like we have a lot in common as far as our name. <laughs> we live on a boat <laughs> and um, we are cinematographers, but uh, I don't know much else about the man. So this is disappointing. It's funny that it's Robbie on Robbie. <laughs> I feel a bit fraudulent, but uh, yeah. Well, I, I noticed you were laughing a bit uh, during the scene where he was talking about the, the gaffer was talking about when he turned up on location and they had all the big trucks. That's it's just so uh, nice to see or hear that happening all the time. And the only difference there is they wouldn't bring out arc lights anymore. They would, uh, you know, they wouldn't afford that. So, but it, it, I remember very much the first job I did it in Canada actually it was and it was, we were four Irish guys got over to do a commercial in Canada and it was exactly the same thing just trucks and trucks and trucks and it's just I don't understand <laughs> we we couldn't understand it either it's it's just a different different world and mm-hmm. it was really nicely put by the gaffer he, I, but I couldn't quite figure was he the gaffer on that he wasn't I think he might have been no no well, why he would? He, oh, of course, because no, he made. He said the electrician's made his life hell, and that's that's, right, that's yeah. very true. It's like sounds a bit Irish, actually. <laughs> well, he said that they tried to have him fired. Yeah, well, I I can well believe it because they they have to sort of validate all its equipment and uh, make the producers believe that they're needing it. So I guess there's a bit of mafioso to that. I don't know. And you have another thing in common with Robbie Muller because you've done uh, your own kind of road movies. I mean, American Honey. Yeah, instance, yeah. Which I, was I, the, the, the film today is very good for, for seeing how much of a, a life on the road he had. Like, God, he's been in enough hotel rooms and filmed them all. Uh, but I think I could relate to that a lot from my experiences. You're always on the move. It's a bit like what Jim Jarmusch says. You've joined the circus. You've no escape. You're, you're very transient. And uh, I kind of... I, I think he's... The way he filmed everything there is kind of... It's funny how everybody's home movies kind of all... We all we've all shot those shots. <laughs> Shadows and airplanes landing. And I, I think um, it's a very sweet movie, but I didn't get to know much more about him. I was, I was hoping to see a bit more about well, him. Let's talk about you then. <laughs> I mean, what, it struck me that watching the making of something like Kings of the Road reminded me of you talking about American Honey and how you were basically in the back of the car with the director I and guess, the sound yeah, man. That one... I like the shot of him on front of the um, the, the truck book, with yeah. the that we ha- we tried to do that um, on American Honey and it was a lot more health and safety <laughs> problems because like it looked quite dangerous what he was doing yeah. there but like totally fine because everybody probably accepted it but when we did it on I tried to do that on American Honey we had a because her film is always um, very much about the person and the, like following the person wherever they go so in one of the scenes in American Honey the girl gets up onto the roof of the car of the truck uh, in the van. It's all about these teenagers driving around in a van. So we had to kind of get up uh, with her. So that was kind of, I couldn't figure it out. So we had to build a thing at the back and it's, we were driving through Kansas and it was raining, unfortunately, but everybody was like holding their breath because it was all just made out of planks of wood. And I kind of like, I did the lift up as she got up and 
I, I just I think that's lovely to have that kind of freedom to yeah. give an experiment. And he, he seems like a very great experimenter, and yeah. that's definitely something cinema needs more of. Well, all those guys of that generation, I mean, Werner Herzog's first movie in uh, America, um, Strohsek, they did a shot where they're driving across the Golden Gate Bridge and the cameraman was just tied onto the front of the car. Yeah, it's like Lazo Kovacs and um, yeah. Sugarland Express yeah. when they, they uh, Vilma Sigmund shot that. They're always, look, it always looks so extremely dangerous and the world of litigation and everything <laughs> has made life so much more complicated now. You can't, you can't like, you, you're almost exhausted thinking about asking whether you can do something like that because you know it's all just going to have looks of sort of fear on producers' faces and you're like, it's yeah. okay. If I could just sign a, you know, a disclaimer all the time, yeah. I'll do it, you know. Another thing was, uh, the, you know, the, the, that film has some good light meter porn in it. You know, were, <laughs> were, you, were you enjoying that? Well, when it went into the whole nine plus plus and uh, I'm really not so up on that, I have to say, but I, I kind of understand it a little bit. It's very technical for something that doesn't look technical, which is great, and mm -hmm. that's, that's, it's really nice to see that they put that much effort into it. I've heard about Barfly as a film where the guy keeps on saying Kino Flow uh, founder, and there is, that's the one story I've heard about which I quite found interesting, where nobody had ever really used fluorescence as a lighting device before, and Barfly was one of the first films to use it, and they've actually got a light called the Barfly now, <laughs> and it was because the guy, that gaffer probably, had designed a, a, a light that wasn't very um, noisy. It wasn't, because usually fluorescents had this buzz about them. And it was really like, a sound man would go crazy. So the sound man was on that film going, oh, fuck, he's got fluorescents. But there was no buzz on the, the light. So the guy had designed this quiet fluorescent as such. And it became standard issue for everything until LEDs have taken over. So it's sort of lovely to see that. Um, that was the first film it was used in. And it's kind of a... A grungy bar, epic, and I suppose in a way, like your style is kind of you know resonates with Muller's because it's about like, well, first of all, it's at the service of the director, I think, true, very yeah. much, and also you do try to make it as unnoticeable as possible. You're not a fan of making lighting the star of the show. Sure, I think um, for, for sure the directors are what he seemed to have chosen to. Like they they were all on a journey together, and I've been lucky to work with directors who were kind of similar in that sort of approach and um, yeah I, I kind of I, I, natural lighting is a kind of term that has become quite sort of you know everybody sort of knows about it a bit more now but I think when he was doing it it would have been a lot more still in the dark ages for want of a better term but I, I really I you know I, I, I get sort of worried about figuring out how to put some lights in and because you're trying to make something look natural when that means you're forcing a light to make it look natural and it's much more fun if you don't have to do that. <laughs> I think it might be an idea to see if anybody has any questions for Robbie while we're here. Yeah, yeah, no, I've, I've kind of gotten into that now. I've, I used to kind of like be sort of impose, I, I think, uh, I used to think if you're a DP or a cinematographer you might bring something to the project but I kind of, I feel very happy if somebody's going to tell me what to do these days. But um, somebody like Ken Loach, for instance, I tried to, I remember we were doing, the first film I worked with him, I was called The Angel Share. And I, I didn't have a clue what was going on, like how it was going to work out. And I wanted to try and, you know, impress and say, oh, what about if we shoot a shot here? And, you know, we were doing, it was a bit of a road movie in that film. They go up to the Highlands and uh, we, were, we were driving a lot and I had lots of opportunities to just point the camera out a window and film that. But what I realised is he had, 
didn't have any interest in something he hadn't thought of himself. He says, I said, would you like a shot of, you know, I could do you a shot on the way between these places. He's like, why would I want that? <laughs> I was like, I know where this is going. <laughs> American Honey is what I've done one, two, three, about five films with Andrea. So by the time we did American Honey, we, we have a short time that, you know, she would just let me be free to do whatever I felt right. And she was fully trusting in that we'd, we'd find the right images for what we needed to do. And uh, it's always a fun and breath of fresh air to work with her because she's so free and lets you be free. So that's just a really good understanding that we, we kind of definitely learnt a way of filming together. And, um, you know, that's unique to our relationship. But if I was to work with another director, then I hope to go on a different journey with them, you know. So there's no... I don't bring... Like, obviously, I try and, you know, get nice imagery, but I don't know if I necessarily bring something different for them, you know. Any other questions for Robbie? Robert? Yeah, he see that's like everybody shoots on iPhones these days. They don't zoom so much. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, the zoom. I thought that was lovely. Yeah, he's, he's, you can see he's obviously just fascinated by light, like the the whole refraction of light, the way it falls on things, and the video camera must have been to him like just because uh, it seems to be the same video camera over quite a long time, and usually everybody tends to go the same or change with new technology. So it was nice to see he had the same banged up old DV camera or video eight camera for a lot of it, and there's a beautiful look to that actually so it's funny when they cut to the interviews with people now and they're like on probably you know pretty high-end cameras that it looks pretty grim <laughs> so and it, it did help that he's he's got a, a a really curious eye but the zooms are lovely i thought yeah <laughs> so, come on you can ask me another question paul uh, okay let me think um there was a thing in the... I, I like the little bit where Muller said, when I read a script, I'm looking at the first few pages and hoping that something speaks to me. And so I know you're very careful about what you lend your name to, what you work on. You know, how do you... What is it about a script that you look for when you decide whether or not you're going to get involved with it? Because you are in a position well, to choose. Well, it's interesting what he said as well, is that he said um, that he... Someone like Jim Jarmusch, he would trust that whatever he does, he'd do it. And I'm, I'm, I'm the same with some directors. I would definitely just not go... Me. That's true. <laughs> well, at least I'm honest with you. It's true. <laughs> I think you have to be honest in, as much as you can be and sort of don't hurt people's feelings. But, uh, but what is it? You, what, I mean, is there anything particular? I just think you with script, I remember reading Andrea's first script, if that's like one to go back to, and it was a, a film called Wasp. And just as soon as you started reading it, it was really, there's something about it was really strong. And you kind of go, I could do that. I could get into that. And I definitely think you've got, if you're visualising a, a, a film pretty quickly, in your head of like what maybe this way of the story is going to go, then that makes you really excited about it and you want to get to the end and, yeah. you know, you really enjoy the script for that. Is it fair to say there's a common thread of humanity and kind of a, a sort of a decency or a kind of a liking for people that kind of runs through a lot of the films you've I been I definitely doing? read scripts that would be not involved in underpants outside trousers. <laughs> <laughs> and also, you're, I remember you said to me, violence is kind of a turn-off for you. Yeah, life. I've kind of, like, but I, then I, I've sort of looked back and the stuff I've done, and I've got sort of quite a kill rate. <laughs> but I try to do stuff that is just sort of human stories as much. I, I really am drawn to them a lot more, and I think they're just much more intriguing than, you know, a lot of sort of high-explosive drama. 
we were talking this morning about the kind of the depressing aspects of technology and how green screen and CG have taken over the industry to a huge extent. I mean, do you see anything positive in the kind of the f in the way technology is changing the film business, or is it all negative? Uh, I do worry that there's an awful lot more of it, and it looks so kind of like Robbie Muller had a, a, a landscape that was not really being filmed that much, and he was able to sort of luckily do it beautifully, but I, I do find we're sort of bombarded with a lot of imagery these days, and my main concern is people coming into rooms like this and watching films and how that's changing, and it's kind of ironic that we're watching documentaries in cinemas a lot more in, in a good way, but that's something that's drawn an audience now, and I, I just think things are a little bit sort of just always going in maybe too fast emotion towards something that isn't necessarily... like. Whenever it cut back to the old films, it looked amazing. <laughs> and all the, 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 just the quality of 35mm prints or like images, I, I, I do worry that that's beginning to sort of be lost. And uh, a kind of a business model that's also changing the industry is Netflix. And you've done quite a bit, even though you're not a huge fan in some ways of the whole Netflix thing. You have made two films, at least, that, uh, the two yeah, no that's right. films, yeah, which, yeah, have done which were funded by Netflix. Yeah. How do you feel about the way Netflix is changing how people experience cinema? I, I've gone through different sort of thoughts on I used to really react badly to them I like Netflix I call them but um, I, I think now that they are they're just a sort of representative of what the way the world is going so they, they, they are a behemoth but they do actually support interesting films and there's interesting films getting made it's unfortunate I won't get to see them because I don't have Netflix <laughs> but I'm glad to hear that people are getting financed to make films that maybe would never be made before you know yeah, well, when we're in a situation where, you know, Scorsese or uh, Bong Joon-ho or people like that are making films from Netflix, it's, it's quite a strange thing. Because you it's money, do, isn't it? It's you do expect to see them in the cinema. I mean, they're cinema filmmakers. For sure. Okja was outrageous that it never got a cinema release. It got a very, very limited cinema release, but I, it was shot on a very large format digital uh, Alexa, I think. And um, it, it looked beautiful, and it's a total cinema film, but it's mainly... Going to be watched on television, so I don't really, I don't get that, and I don't know why they have that sort of mandate. I think there is talk that they might own, they might buy up a cinema chain, and well, they might, they might sort of use that as a kind of a to, to certainly get into awards, get around that loophole. Well, I mean, the Screen Directors Guild in the U.S. has said that you can't be eligible for their awards now unless you, if your film is day and date released on streaming. So I mean, there, there's a lot of that's the kind of resistance, I suppose. It's I know, but then Roma won all the awards. So. I know, but that's since Roma won the awards. Oh, that's, just that's a new thing. That's a new thing from la last Ooh, couple of months. Yeah, I didn't know that. So it's kind of taken the war to well, Netflix that's, a bit. That's, well, that's like Cannes has been interesting because they've sort of they've got a rule that you can't show a film. You can show a film theatrically, but it can only be shown... It has to have three years before it's shown on a streaming film. Three years? That's what they had, and it's oh, so, it's so archaic, but that, yeah. that's what it was, and they're, like, getting into trouble for it, but I quite like the French for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, any, any thoughts, questions, suggestions? Anybody want to say more of a comment than a question? What's everybody's favourite Robbie Muller film? Yeah. Uh, American Friend. What should we put up in this list of films? I'm sorry, he uh, wanted Dead Man. I didn't... I, I, I like Dead Man as well. Dead Man's great. I know, they're all great. So they're we all had Barfly, Paris, Texas is tonight. Paris, Texas this evening, yeah. Anybody so. think we're missing... I know, I was going to put that in, but it was like, I had to put one black and white one in. <laughs> they should have chosen more. There should have been like about six films of his. Anybody seen that one, Honeysuckle Rose? Because it looks amazing. That was a fantastic shot, yeah. No, I'm going to go find it. It's probably on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for depressing you, Robbie. No, it's not depressing me. I've got a projector at home. I can project it. It looks great. <laughs> That's the future. We all go to your place and watch it on a projector. Come on down the boat. <laughs>
Well, I think if nobody has any further questions, we will wrap it up. And thank you very much Thanks for your very attention. Much. Thank you very much, Robbie Ryan. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.